0: Phone plan, streams, and standard definition. Programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See cricket wireless.com for details. Hello, everybody. Come on in. Come on in. It is Saturday night, May 7th, 2022. 5722. We're going to do a quick preview of tomorrow's uh, messages at our Harvest Church. It's gonna be an amazing Sunday. It is Mother's Day. Let me start. Uh first of all, let me give you an opportunity to come into um, both platforms on TikTok and the Bishop Forum at IG tonight. So let me give you an opportunity to come into both platforms tonight. And as you come in, speak to me let me know where you are watching from. Speak to me and let me know where in the world are you watching from. Tampa, good to see you. Where are you watching from? Come on, talk to me. talk, Talk to me over here. Bishop, bless you, man of God, man of God. Aurora, good to see you. Omaha, Come on, Omaha. Come on, come on, come on. Aurora, good to see you. Charlotte, hey, Charlotte. Good to see you, Aurora. Come on in. Um, so listen, guys, every Saturday night um, for the last several months, calls bad, good to see you. We've been doing these previews of the upcoming day's messages. So on Tuesday night, I've been doing these previews for Wednesday night messages, and then uh, on Saturdays I've been doing the previews for the Sunday messages. Wave at me if you are blessed by the previews, if the previews have been a blessing to you, if they've uh, been an encouragement to you. Aurora, um, something like a phenomenon. That's what the word Aurora means. Thornton, good to see you. Decatur, Georgia, that's ATL, good to see you. Uh, Wave at me if they've been a blessing to you. so we're gonna, I'm gonna do a few different things uh, over the next, in the upcoming weeks. So just make, make sure you stay tuned. Best way to stay tuned so you know I'm gonna be doing a few different things uh, on social and I want you to be connected to it. So the best way to stay connected to that is to get our app. How do you get our app? Text the word HARVEST to the phone number 877-552-4746. Kind of get a few of you to put that on each platform so that everybody makes sure that you have our app. All right, listen, so um, uh, a little over a week ago or a little under a week ago, we started this brand new series called Let's Start Over. Scratch That Better. Why? Because with God, you are never ever starting over. You are always starting better. And that's really, really important to know uh, because sometimes in life you can feel like um, you are having to start over. And I need everybody to hear me clearly. You are never starting over. You need to scratch that. You are always starting better with God. Why? Because God uses all things from your past and your present as part of his plan for your life so that you start better. And Romans 8, 28, it's this verse that every time I hear this verse, it gets better and better and better and better and better and better. Because this verse says, and we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us, now confidence is an important word there. Because if you do not have confidence uh, in God, um, watch me, and that he is concerned about you, um, then what will happen is that you will easily be shaken. And hear me, I need you not to be easily shaken. I need you not to be easily thrown off. I need you not to be easily frustrated. I need you not to be easily Hoodwinked, a bamboozle. You have got to have confidence. Just like I have confidence that when I sat in this chair, just like I had confidence that i would put this line ring on my finger, it would remain. Just like I had confidence that when I was shaving this morning, um, that, that shaving cream that I was using was going to give me a close shave. Just like I had confidence that when I turned the thing in my automobile to make it turn on, it would turn. Just like I have confidence that when I finish this live and I go to work out, Uh, That I am going to go to a gym that's going to be open. The lights are going to be on. I'm going to be able to get my work done. on. You have got to have confidence. And this is so important. Our confidence is in God, the God of the outcome, not the outcome. Can I get a few of you to put that on both platforms? My confidence is in God. For many people, your confidence is in the outcome. Your confidence is not in the God of the outcome, which means that if you don't get the outcome that you want, we will begin to say, well, it doesn't work. Faith doesn't work. Living for God doesn't work. Being a Christian doesn't work. Believing doesn't work. And that's not true. It works. But your confidence has to be in the God of the outcome, not the outcome. It says, and we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things. I love it. This means the good, the bad, the ugly, your mess up, your screw up, the thing you did well, the thing you failed at, the thing that you did incredibly good, the thing that you did incredibly horrible at. The Bible says he causes all things to work together. Now, I love this part because he doesn't say he causes all things to work. Let's start right there. For many of us, when something goes wrong, we think it's not working. Please listen to me. For many of us, <coughs> we think that when something goes wrong, it is <coughs> excuse me, not work. <coughs> excuse me. Not working. That's what happens when you have dairy. We think that it's not working. No, the Bible says, "And we know with great confidence that God who is deeply concerned about us causes all things to work together." It does not say he causes those things to work. He says he causes those things To work together, which means, listen carefully, that it may not work, but that doesn't mean something is wrong because he may want, watch me, maybe A needs to not work so it gets you to B. Maybe B needs to not work so it gets you to C. Maybe C needs to not work so it gets you to D. Maybe D needs to not work so it gets you to E. Are you following me? Maybe one needs to not work so it gets you to two. Maybe one thing needs to not work so it gets you to the next thing. He says he makes things work together, not that he makes everything work. Stop thinking that because something didn't work, something went wrong. Who right there can put a praise emoji on the screen that that just gave you freedom, why? Because even though it didn't work, that does not mean anything went wrong. Even though it didn't work the way I planned, it does not mean that it went wrong. Even though I'm not getting the expected outcome that I anticipated, it does not mean it went wrong. Even if it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that it went wrong. Why? He causes all things to work together. All things to work together. Every. Every person who can cook well knows this. Now, I am not a person who likes to cook. I don't enjoy cooking. I don't want to cook. I don't want to learn how to cook. Um, I like watching other people cook. I like watching cooking shows uh, about, thank you, uh, tea with lime juice. Thank you. I like watching cooking shows. I like watching diners, drive ins, and dives. I like that stuff. Um, I don't want to know how to cook. That's just not my thing. I don't want to know how to do that. I like a clean kitchen. All right, but listen. Every time I look at the cooking shows, it's amazing, because sometimes I will look at the process to prepare something, and the process looks nothing like the the outcome. And for some of you, your process looks very messy, but that does not mean that it is not working to get you to your outcome. I'm gonna say it again. Uh, Sometimes when they're putting all those ingredients in there, you look at it, you're like, that looks disgusting. But the end result is it tastes amazing, why? Because he makes all things work together. It does not mean that all things will work. That is a place for you to put a celebration on the screen because sometimes you think that because it did not work, that that means something went wrong. It does not mean that something went wrong because it did not work, he makes all things work together. Which means when you put all of this stuff together, you're like, this works, this works. I get a few of you who believe that that's going to be your confession this month. This works. 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 This works works together. This works together. All right. It says, he makes all things work together as a plan. The Amplified says for good, for those who love God. And those who are called according to his purpose. And I taught you on Wednesday that if you are alive, that means that you are called. If you are alive, that means that you are called. Listen to me. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, listen very carefully to me. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, the Bible records that the Lord knew you, which means um, your life did not begin at conception. I need you to hear me. Your life began preconception because this body is not you. This body, yada, yada, yadi yadi. This is not you. You are a spirit that possesses a soul, which is your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. And you live in a physical body. Everybody hear me clearly now. Which means, <clears throat> Jeremiah 1 says, before I formed you in your mother's womb. In other words, before I gave you a body, yada, yadi. Before I gave you a body, I knew you. Which means you existed before you ever got to the earth. That's why the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Why? Because you existed before you ever took your first breath. You existed before you ever, ever were born into this earth. And you made an agreement with God, which is the reason you and I were sent to the earth. You've got to hear this. You and I were sent to the earth on assignment. You and I were sent to the earth on purpose. So if you are alive, it is proof that God has called you to do something in the earth. And hear me, it is more than just paying bills and dying. It is more than just having babies and dying. Listen to me. It is more than just getting booed up and dying. There is more to your life than that. You were sent here with a plan and a purpose. Watch me. You were born for the time you were needed most. And can I get you to type, everybody type this on the screen, whatever platform you're on in all caps now, N-O-W. You were born for the time you were needed most, which is now you were dispatched to the earth for this particular period of time, because this is when the earth needed your gift. This is when the earth needed your talent. This is when the earth needed your ability. This is when the earth needed your stamina. This is when the earth needed your genius. This is the earth needs what you, if you don't put now on this screen, the earth needs what you have. This is why many of you wave at me if I'm about to, if I'm getting in your business, you sometimes struggle with discouragement. You can be on a high sometimes and be on a low sometimes. Sometimes discouragement can come out of nowhere. If I'm talking to you, wave at me. Let me tell you why you deal with discouragement. Because since you were sent on assignment, the only tool that the enemy really has to get you is the tool of discouragement. That's why the Bible says David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Because if you get discouraged, watch me, you will never take action. If you stay in the seat of discouragement, you will never take action. If you stay in the seat of discouragement, you will never take action. And I need for some of you to understand you. you got to hear me. You were born for the time you were needed most. And I say it all the time at harvest. You were born to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. The Bible says he makes all things work together as a plan. God is so good at doing this thing that you'll look back over your life and even the stuff that you did that was messed up, you'll be like, well, it had to happen that way. He's so good at what he does that he makes even our screw-ups look like they were part of the plan. He makes our mess-ups look like they were part of the plan. He makes the things that we had no business doing look like they were part of the plan. You can look at Joseph's life. Joseph's life is a good example of that. Uh, Joseph has a dream. He tells his brothers. He had no business telling his brothers the dream. The Bible says his brothers hated him because his father Jacob loved him more than he loved his brothers. Well, what does Joseph do? The Bible says that Joseph tells his brothers the second dream that he has. Pay attention. The Bible never says that God told him to tell the dream. The Bible doesn't suggest in any way, shape, form, or fashion that him telling his brothers was part of the dream which means everything Joseph went through because he told his brothers the dream, look at me, was done by his own hand. I'm gonna wait for you to respond to me in these comments. Everything that Joseph went through because he told his brothers the dream, the second dream, because he saw how they responded to the first, it happened because of his own hand, him getting sold into slavery, his own hand. But what does the Bible say? But the Lord was with Joseph and gave him favor. Then he's at Potiphar's house and and Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him. She lies on him because he won't lie with her. Watch me. Um, At the end of the day, Joseph could have went to Potiphar and said, hey man, your wife is tripping. Your wife is trying to creep. He could have said something to her. He could have said something to, to Potiphar. He did not do it, which means he gets in trouble and gets thrown into prison because he was silent when he should have said something. Oh my God, you've never heard Joseph preach this way. He should have said something. Then the Bible said, while he's in prison, um, while he is locked up in prison, you gotta hear me, while he is locked up in prison, he's in Pharaoh's prison. He meets a baker and a butler. He interprets their dreams and he tells them, he tells them, Do not forget about me when you get out of here. Watch me. He stops depending on God and says, listen, man, don't you forget about me. In other words, he begins to shift his focus because he stops believing that God can make it happen for him. And so he begins to believe that he's got to make it happen for himself. So he begins to try to get the hook up. Ah, holla if you hear me. Y'all don't know about that. No limit. He begins to shift that everything he went through was because of something he did. But look at me, but the Bible says that God makes all things work together as a plan, which means even Joseph's actions, the Lord worked that stuff together like a plan and said, and I still favor you and I am still with you. I need everybody who's ever messed up. Who's ever done something crazy? Who's ever done something you shouldn't have done? I need you to put a praise on this screen. Why? That God makes all things work together as a plan, even though he shouldn't have. Even though he shouldn't have. Come on, y'all. Even though he shouldn't have. Even though he shouldn't have. He makes it work together as a plan. That's good news. That's good. You've never heard Joseph described the way I just described him, because you look at his brothers and say, "Oh, his brothers did him dirty." Well, Joseph was really, you know, if your if your sibling comes up to you and says you're going to serve me, and for all you mothers and fathers, if your child comes up to you and says you're going to serve me, you're going to look at them sideways. You're going to look at them sideways. So we can't. When you look at his brothers. We look at it now and say how dirty they were to him. But the truth is, is if you were his brothers, you probably would have felt the same way. Here he go, thinking he better than us, thinking he better than us, thinking he going to... You would have treated him the same way, if not worse. It's good news. Because when you look back on Joseph's story, you'll say he had to go into slavery so he could get to Potiphar's house, so he could get to the Pharaoh's prison, so that he would be the prime minister. God is so good at what he does. When you look at Joseph's life, you will say you will say it had to happen that way. The truth is, it didn't. It did not. It did not happen, have to happen that way. Joseph did not have to go through the process that he went through. But the process was part of the plan. All right, here we go. I said this to you um, from Romans 8 and 31. It says, what then shall we say to all these things if God is for us? Who can be successful, Amplified says, against us? In other words, I taught you this, nothing by anyone can succeed against you, watch this, except you. The only one that can succeed against you is you. Why? Your perspective, your perspective. And your perspective is how you see something, how you see something. What is is that really all about? That's your attitude about something. Let me see if I can say it this way, your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude your attitude will determine your altitude. It's not what you're looking at, it's how you see it. It's not how you see it, it's the way you're looking at it. You can reverse the wording any way, but the principle is the same. The principle is the same. <clears throat> I've got some sanitizer here. I can look at this and I can look at this a few ways. One way I can look at this is, this is just an antiseptic, it's got 62% ethyl alcohol. I use this for my hands. I can say that's all this is. Number two, I can look at this as a business owner and say other people need this, so I need to. Sit, I can sell this and monetize this for other people. Number three, I can look at this and I can say this is a, uh, a protector of health because it makes sure that you are not transmitting <clears throat> germs, bacteria, viruses, et cetera, uh, by touch. Um, I can look at this several different ways. Then watch me. You can look at this in a negative way. You could say, be careful because if you drink this, you might die. So watch me. Here's what some of you do. You are so fearful of everything because your perspective is jaded. Your perspective is is darkened. The Bible says if the light, uh, your eye is the light of the body. So if, if if your eye is messed up, if your perspective is messed up, then your the, the way you perceive and receive everything is going to be messed up. Somebody might look at this and say, oh, you might get poisoned if you drink that. You better not drink that. You might die. So now somebody will say, well, I'm not going to touch this at all because there's a possibility that you might get poisoned." Now, most of us would look at this and say, that's crazy. I don't look at it that way, but, but, you, but carry the principle over to other areas of your life. How do you look at or, or how do you see what you're looking at? How do you see what you're looking at? It's called your perspective. And Father, we pray that our perspective lines up with your word. That's what the Bible says in Philippians 2.5. Let this mind or this attitude, this settled way of thinking, this perspective be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, which was also in Christ Jesus. Father, we want your perspective. Come on, y'all. We want your perspective. And what's God's perspective? God always sees solutions. He does not just see problems. And we covered this in prayer on last Monday night. We covered this in Wednesday night, last message. And I want to hit this again in this preview. Because for most people, your problem is your perspective. Your problem isn't your problem. Your problem is the way you see your problem. Your problem is not your problem. It's the way you see your problem. Your problem is not your issue. It's the way you see your issue. Your problem is not your challenge. It's the way you see your challenge. It's your perspective. It's your perspective. How do you see it? Um, I remember, uh, come on here. Somebody says, we're solutionists. And that's exactly it. Uh, You have to see yourself as a solutionist. Can I get a few of you to type that? I'm a solutionist. What does that mean? I come up with solutions. I don't just identify problems. Um, It is a habit of mine to wear sunglasses now. Um, It didn't used to be that way, but it's been a habit for the last several years to wear sunglasses. And sometimes because I am an autopilot, when I'm walking out, and uh, my team is seeing me off from the from the facility or what have you. I will reach and grab my sunglasses and put my sunglasses on in the middle of the night. And it'll be a Wednesday night. <clears throat> it'll be 10 o'clock, whatever time I'm leaving. It'll be whatever time it is. And I and listen. It's dark outside. And out of habit, pay attention. I will put on my sunglasses. Out of habit, I will put on my sunglasses because I am used to having sunglasses on throughout the course of the day. And for some of you, watch me, this represents your perspective. Because then I remember one night I put my sunglasses on and I was like, it is really dark out here. I was on autopilot. I didn't even pay attention to the fact that I had put on sunglasses. Pay attention. It's the same thing with your perspective. Unless somebody tells you your perspective is off, more often than not, you will say something is wrong with what you're seeing instead of the way you're looking at it. Y'all not talking to me. You will say the issue is with what you, it's dark out here. No, you have on sunglasses. So literally I was sitting in my car and uh, I was getting ready to go and I said, it is so dark out here. And then one of my team, he says, sir, you have your glasses on. I said, oh, said, oh, okay. It's not that dark. All right. It was so simple. And for many of y'all, this is how you live life. You meet somebody, uh, past hurt, past pain, Past issues, past challenges, past problems. It hasn't worked yet. It's not going to work now. I don't know what's going to go. The devil is a lie. My mama did this. My daddy did this. My cousin did this. My cousin did that. This person did this. this. You put these on. You get a new business opportunity. Yeah, but I've, I've been hurt before in business. You got it? You got it? You, you, you instantly put on your sunglasses that jade your perspective. So you don't see things as they are. You see them as you are. And let me just flip this. For some of you all, this principle is important for you to understand because people view you the same way. This is one of the greatest things that helped set me free is the freedom from people's opinion of me. Because your opinion of me is your opinion of me. Um, that has nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with me. I'm someone who is determined to want to believe something that is a negative It says nothing about me. It says something about the glasses they wear. Something, guys, if you haven't shared this, share me on TikTok. Share me on Instagram. It has nothing to do with me. Um, It has nothing to do with me. Someone's opinion of me. Someone's opinion of me. It has zero to do with me. And for some of you, you gotta understand that because you're like, why do people? Why does this person have an issue with me? Why does this person have an issue with me? Why does this person have an issue with me? Why does this person have an issue with me? Perhaps it's not necessarily anything you did. It's the fact that when they see you, they see you through some some other jaded lens. They can't even see, watch me, when you have on sunglasses, you can't see the vividness of the colors. You cannot see the vitality and the vibrance of the colors that you're looking at. Why? Because you are looking at it with a lens that is literally designed to reduce The brightness and the vibrance and the vitality of what you see. So sometimes people can't see your greatness. Why? Because they are, watch me, what they, the perspective they're looking at is determined not to see that. It's determined not to see that. Y'all not saying nothing to me tonight. All right. So listen, um, and if you're just coming in, let me know where you're watching from on TikTok or IG. So when you look at that, um, we saw Jesus' mindset. And we saw Jesus' perspective and how he handled his miserable moments. He was betrayed. He was abandoned. Um, he sheds his blood alone. And I taught you that he sold 30 years preparing for three and a half years of ministry to perform 37 miracles. And, and what I really want you to take from this is that he spent 30 years preparing for three and a half years. And I need everybody to hear me now. Your preparation your preparation will always be longer than the performance. I'll say it again. Your preparation will always be longer than the performance. Um, for many people, you got to hear this. Preparation is never a waste of time. It's never a waste of time. Here's the question. Is, well, what's part of my preparation? Everything is not performance. Everything that's not performance is part of your preparation. And then even when you're performing, then that's still part of your preparation for your next. Therefore, everything you do is preparation. Everything you do is preparation. I see several cities, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, good to see everybody. Everything is preparation. Everything is preparation. And preparation is longer than the performance. He spends 30 years getting ready for three and a half to only do 37 years, hey, Columbus, Georgia, to only do 37 recorded miracles, right? Now, that's interesting because the Bible makes it clear he did more in the 40 days after the cross, after a miserable moment, than he did in those three and a half years. I want you to pay attention. He did more in a month and a half than he did in three and a half years. How do you know that, Bishop? John 21, 25 says, Jesus also did many other things, If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would need to be written. What is it talking about? It is talking about the time the Bible says in Acts that Jesus spent 40 days with his guys, um, pouring into them, talking to them about the kingdom. And in those 40 days, he did more miracles, so many miracles. The Bible says there's not enough books to contain that. Let me say this to you. You will do more with less and you will do more in less time. For some of you, like, how am I supposed to do this with that? You are about to do more with less, and you're going to do more with less time. If you think I'm talking to you, I need you to say, yes, Lord, right there. You will do more with less, and you do more in less time. The Bible says that all of the disciples abandon him. And now watch me. Disciples are not just 12 there were 12 ruling apostles which acts chapter one refers to them as bishops minus judas which would be uh, which was replaced by a man named matthias there were 12 ruling apostles which were bishops an apostle comes from the greek word apostello which means sent one but well, we know there were at least 82 apostles because he said he sent 72 by two into different cities we're presuming that the 12 weren't part of the two by two that he sent into different cities so there are at least 82 apostles or ones. there were Thousands and thousands of disciples, because disciples simply means students. Pay attention. Thousands walked away from him, and it is his miserable moment. that after thousands walk away from him, he's got 11, and with those 11, the Bible says he does more with less, and he does it in less time. For some of you, stop mourning who's not in your life. You're going to do more with less. For some of you, you feel like you have ran out of time. You are going to do more with less. Can I get you to make that confession? I'll do more with less. And that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean you lost anything. You got to hear me. That doesn't mean anything went down. It just means you're going to figure out how to make your money. Let me talk to some of you. Your investments, you're going to get more done with less. Your money is going to begin to work for you. You're going to get more done in your business doing less than you did. Before you're gonna get more done with less, and you're gonna do it in less time. Listen, where are you getting that from? That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. He did more with less, and he did it in less time. For some of you, you're gonna make more money investing less money. It doesn't mean you have to lose anything. You gotta hear that, all right? So I gave you ten steps. Ten steps um, to start over, scratch that better, because the series is let's start better. Why? Because with God, you never, ever start over. You always start better. You always start better. Um, and I gave you those 10 steps. Let me give them to you again. Number one, he'll reveal himself in what seems regular. So you have to ask yourself with this, question, this, with this question, what am I missing? Where'd you get that from, Bishop? So after Jesus is resurrected on what we call Resurrection Sunday, which is really the biblical Feast of Firstfruits, it says it was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. It was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. In fact, the Bible says she thought he was the gardener. So God will reveal himself in what seems regular. So one of the questions you've got to ask yourself is, what am I missing? What am I missing? Because sometimes you'll run past things so fast because they seem regular. What am I missing? That's got to be a practice throughout today. What am I missing here? What am I missing here? Is there something in this moment I'm supposed to see? Is there something in this conversation I'm supposed to get? See, here's what I pray. I pray before every meeting. I pray before every decision. And I say, God, don't let me miss anything that I am supposed to see. Don't let me miss anything that I am supposed to pay attention to. Don't let me miss anything that I'm supposed to slow down for. And so when you take on this mentality, you don't get stressed out about things. There are things that, if I can be honest with you, there are things that I used to get, you know, kind of stressed out about and, and kind of, you know, worked up about and all that. Let me tell you, I don't anymore. Why? Because I said, there's something in this. I just need to make sure I don't miss it. But, but I'm not going to miss it. There is something, there's a project that is taking me way longer than I like. I do not like certain projects, like certain things. I mean, like, God, why is this taking so long? And I literally today, a, a, a man of God called me and said, "Bishop, I just finished prayer, you were in my spirit. And I said, uh, we chatted for a little bit. And as we were chatting and talking, we were talking about this project. And uh, I said, you know, this thing has been delayed. I said, but here's my belief. My belief that it has been delayed because he is going to make it to make sure that we get what we want and we get it at the optimal price. I said, my belief is that God is delaying this so that I don't pay one penny more than I should have to. You better put a praise on that. You better put a praise on that for yourself because for some of you all, there are some things that are delayed and you're like, what is taking so long? What is taking so long? Why? I'm not going to miss him in what seems regular. This is not, nothing is regular with me because he makes all things work together. So my belief is that this is taking so long because he's going to make sure that I do not overpay by one penny. That is my belief. And I, that needs to be your belief. He's it's taking longer because he's going to make sure it's the right thing at the right time, at the right place, at the right deal. He's going to make sure. He's going to make sure of that. Why? He makes all things work together in a plan. If I have a bad perspective, I'm, it looks dark to me. This is dark. It's taking so long. This is awful. This is not good. But when my perspective is right, my perspective is right, then I'm able to say, you know what? Mm-mm. Mm -mm. Nope. He's making sure I got a good deal. He's making sure I don't pay one cent more than I shouldn't have to. He's making sure that this, he's, he is, he is getting it exactly the way it needs to be. I think about, and I shared this story recently, but just even on that principle, I remember sharing in a message, um, there was a a Friday in the history of our church, we were using, um, a school and, um, and as we were using a school, um, part of that is because The area we live is um, the government, and this is by the mayor's own confession, the government is not necessarily church-friendly when it comes to certain spaces and areas, et cetera, uh, because they don't get the tax revenue. so anyway... So what they do is they will create extra things you have to do to complicate it and convolute the process to try to keep churches out of certain spaces because they will say you have to do all these things to do that. Um, Which there's an interesting law, just on a side note, uh, R Lupa, which uh, governs that where the federal government put some laws in place, but you have to get the Department of Justice to sue in order to enforce that law. Anyway, that's a whole technical thing. But um, in that, uh, I got a call on a Saturday morning. When I got this call on on a Friday morning, they said, "Hey." Um, and that's Sunday. was Easter Sunday. They said, "Hey, the principal doesn't want a church in the school. You won't have to go today." Could I could make it so that you can't go on Sunday? But I'm gonna let you have church on Sunday, and then you gotta go on Sunday. I get that call on Friday. Um, make a long story short, we look we look at a hotel. We think it's gonna work, and said, "Great, we'll go there. This will be the church." This is before. This is years ago. This is like '08. This is before. You know, we were streaming because we started streaming very early. We started streaming in '06, um, and or excuse me, in '07. But and this is before streaming was a big deal, so you didn't have you know, YouTube, church, that wasn't even a thing, apps, that was not even a thing at the time. And so that Friday I get this call, and uh, she says, you gotta be out this Sunday. So we think we're gonna be able to use this hotel. And then the hotel says, well, you're gonna have these blackout dates, you can't have church on these dates. I say, you can't have blackout dates when you're building a church. There's just no way that you're gonna be able to make that happen. There's just no way that you're gonna be able to make that do what it does. And consequently, what ends up happening? Um, we end up, as we obtain um, uh, We're getting ready to move forward to the church um, I drive past this building I see this sign when I see this sign, I call the number The Holy Ghost says, call this number." Like I'm That's dumb, you couldn't But I looked at it, and I was like You can't even fit a church there It looked regular Can I get a few of you to type it on the screen? Regular It looked very regular to me I call, and I call the man The man answers, he speaks Korean I hang up the phone The Holy Ghost says, call him back I call him back the second time All of a sudden, he speaks English Um, you, you got to ask yourself this question. What am I missing? God is going to show up in some things that look very regular to you. So you're looking for this. This is thine moment. I am thine God who has come down to thee. That's not going to happen. Okay. More than likely, more than likely, it's going to be very regular, but he's going to reveal himself in something that's regular. He's going to reveal himself in something that's regular. You're going to be driving by like, "Hmm, that's weird. Let me just call. It's regular. So I called him. I called him um, back the second time. All of a sudden, he speaks English. All of a sudden, he speaks English. And so I got an attitude at that point. Do you have space for a church? Oh, yes, we have space for a church. Now, listen, that Monday, a church, the church that uh, that had that space, the old facility we used to be at on Yale Avenue in Aurora, um, that church literally just left that Monday. They left that Monday We're calling that Friday. Had we called a week earlier, the answer would have been no. Had we called a few days earlier, the answer would have been no, because they didn't know for sure that the church had left. We called at the right time, at the right place. We got the right deal. By that evening, a deal was done. I want you to understand how much pressure I had. That Friday morning, I was told I needed to now move this congregation of people from where we were, somewhere else with no clue where we would go. With no clue where we would go. By Friday night, we had secured a deal. Why? He revealed himself in something that was regular. I got a million stories like that. I just keep using that one because that one um, is the quickest one to tell. All right. Um, Then John 20 and 19. I need you to put that on the screen. He will reveal himself It's going to seem regular, y'all. It's going to seem very regular, but he's going to reveal himself. Listen, John 20 and 19, that Sunday evening. um, So the Sunday that Jesus is raised from the dead, um, the disciples were meeting. um, And I talked to this, time lapses create losses. There's things you're going to have to move more quickly at. I want you to put this on the screen. Lord, give me urgency. Lord, give me urgency. Lord, give me urgency urgency. urgency. Yes, we were in ability. Lord, give me urgency. Give me a sense of urgency. Um, this is important because time lapses create losses. You cannot take five days to make some decisions. You cannot take three or four weeks to make some decisions. You're going to have to make some quick decisions that, that Sunday, he, listen, that a few days earlier, three days and three nights prior, Jesus is crucified. Four days prior, everything is great. Y'all not talking. Four days prior, everything is great. Three days and three nights prior, everything looks horrible. Three days and three, day, three, days and three nights later, he's risen from the dead. And that night they have a meeting. That night they have a meeting. That night they have a meeting. Um, all in that shorter period of time. I need you to, I'm going to say it again. Four days prior, everything looks good because Jesus is alive. That Passover, everything is good. Three days and three nights prior, Jesus is dead. He's been crucified. Everything looks totally toe up from the floor. Three days and three nights later, Jesus is resurrected. And that Sunday night, they're having a meeting because they didn't want time to lapse, so they were creating loss. Look at me, three days and three nights ago, everything looked toe up, and now they're having a meeting to figure out what are we gonna do next? How are we gonna move forward? I love that the Bible uses the term meeting, because they were not just hanging out, they were meeting. Look at me, stop taking too long. Some of y'all, you process stuff like a Windows 95 computer, you take too long to. Pro- I just need some time to process it. Stop. You take too long, and I pray you have some people in your life that you can have meetings with. You don't need people in your life to just go eat with, just go have. You need people you can sit down and say, "Let's work this business together. Let's have this this meeting. Let's get this thing together. Let's think this thing built out. Let's figure this thing out." You need people in your life that will say, you're taking too long. Let's move. Let's make it happen. All right? They, did, they have a meeting behind locked doors. And I taught you this on Wednesday. You have to be selective and secure. What did they just see happen three days, in three, uh, three days prior? Three days prior, <clears throat> what did they see? Come on, had a business meeting today. What did they see three days prior? Jesus was treated poorly and crucified by the Jewish leaders. So what did they do? They were selective because the Bible says they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing in their midst, which means they were selective and secure. Listen, everybody don't get to come into your meetings. Everybody doesn't get to come into your sacred space. Everybody, listen to me, everybody cannot hear your dreams, especially if they have nightmares. Everybody cannot be a part of that. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be selective and secure. Well, Bishop, who do I allow in the meetings? People who bring value to the meetings. Stop thinking that bodies mean value. Stop thinking that somebody in a seat means that they bring value to the seat. I have discovered, I literally had to have some conversations with myself. and I said, why do you, why does, you know, I have to look at certain things and say, that, that, is, that is clearly not adding value the way that you want it to add value. So you need to make a change there. You need to make a change there. You need to make a change there, a change there. All right? All right. And I taught you this, uh, number two, let me give you these steps real quick, set a goal. That's an objective and a plan. Number three, I taught you that pa- uh, past a fear from past failures creates suddenlies. Why? You'll over-plan and over-prepare. You'll overplan and you'll over-prepare. Um, when you have failed, you're going to make sure that failure don't happen again. So you're going to over-plan and over-prepare. And that's a good thing. That's going to create a suddenly. And that's going to create a suddenly. That's gonna create a suddenly. I'm a big believer in checklists for everything. For everything. And you wanna know why I'm that way? I am that way. Normally it's that way because I've seen without that, failure happens. So I don't believe in taking people's word for it. I trust, but I verify everything. I'm not taking nobody's word for nothing. Show me that. Prove that you did it. Fill the checklist out that you did it. And even that's not fail proof because you're dealing with human beings. All right, why? Because this, if something, if something was created to prevent failure, that failure is not happening again. That failure is not acceptable for that failure to happen again. Can I get you to type that on the screen? It's not acceptable. You will overplan and you will overprepare. You gotta hear me, right? Ver, um, 21, again, he said, peace be with you. Two times Jesus tells them during this meeting, peace be with you. And I told you, internal peace keeps you pushing. Because what you're dealing with may not be peaceful, but he will give you peace. Um, Number five, then I told you, you cannot stay locked up. You cannot stay negative. And we spent a lot of time in Wednesday's message. Again, I want to encourage you, go back and listen to Wednesday's message in case you missed it. Because it'll speak a lot of life into you, all right? Um, How do you do that? Get our app. Text the word HARVEST to 877-552-4746. We spent a lot of time on Wednesday talking about the perspective that many people have is negaholism. It's literally a syndrome in which people become addicted to self doubt. Do you understand what this means to be addicted to self doubt? Some people are addicted to drugs. Some people are addicted to sex. Some people are addicted to pornography. Some people are addicted to eating. Some people are addicted to not eating. Some people are addicted to opinions. Some people are addicted to cheese. Some people are addicted to nachos. Some people are addicted to a variety of things. Um, Listen, to be addicted to self-doubt means you get high when you think low of yourself. Talk, Bishop. I'm waiting on y'all to talk to me in these comments. You get high when you think low of yourself because you're addicted to self-doubt. It gets you high to think about what you can't do. It gets you high to think about how it might not work. It gets you high to think low. Thinking low gets you high. Addicted to self-doubt and negativity. There's some people where they literally, they get excited when they get negative. You ever seen somebody get excited to gossip? Wave at me if you've ever seen that. You ever seen somebody get excited to gossip? Somebody seem excited to, uh, uh, you know, spread negative information? Negative, you know. There are people who literally, they're addicted to self-doubt and negativity. Consequently, they unconsciously self-impose limits to their abilities and convince themselves they cannot win. They cannot win. So when you convince yourself you cannot win, what do you do? You sabotage yourself. You won't do what's necessary to win because you're going to tell yourself you can't win in the first place. You, you're going to tell yourself you cannot do it in the first place. You can't do it in the first place because you're addicted. You're addicted. You're addicted to it. You're addicted to it. And many people have negaholism. And many people are negaholics. Like, literally, this is not a, I'm not making this up. This is a a literal psychological syndrome. And can I be honest, most people have some of it. And the people say, I do not have that. you probably, you probably the main one. You probably get half your own supply. You want the truth, okay? You see this show up in the lives of the 11 that are left because Judas has killed himself. Every Judas will always self-destruct. Don't chase them. They'll take themselves out. Don't worry about fighting them. They'll take themselves out. Bible says Peter and some of the the 11 um, that they get on the boat and they go fishing. When they go fishing. The Bible says they fish all night and they catch nothing. Why do you fish at night? It's better to fish at night because the fish at nighttime are going to come up to the surface of the water because when it's hotter in the day, they're going to go lower to stay cooler. It's very simple. It's just like summertime in cities. Uh, air conditioning bills go up. Why? Because people uh, are in the house. Um, it's the same way that um, that that works. It's the same reason why colds and flus go up during the winter time, because we spend more time in the house. It's not that there's any more virus circulating. All my medical people can attest to this. It's not because there's any more virus circulating, it's just that because we spend more time indoors during the, during the winter and the fall, and therefore, that, in time, that time we spend indoors, it means that the virus has an opportunity to circulate, half-life increases, so on and so forth. Wave at me, medical people, if I'm telling the truth, all right? So, that being said, they fish all night. They catch nothing all night. They catch nothing all night. And uh, I taught you this, that feeling tired is normal, but stopping is not an option. 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 Not an option. All right? And um, then this is the seventh principle I gave you. This is the seventh principle I gave you. You'll fail at something, but it's necessary for success. You'll fail at something, but it's necessary for success. Number eight, I give you, you'll be given weird plans. So Jesus is on the beach and he hollers at them. fellows. did you catch any fish? No, we did not. Jesus says, throw your net to the right and you'll catch some fish. Throw your net to the right and you're going to catch some fish. He gave them weird plans. Why? Because it's morning time. It's hot now. It makes no sense for us to throw our net out. This is the wrong time. You're going to be given something weird to do at what what feels like the wrong time to you. If you don't say amen right there, you're going to be given something weird to do at what seems like it's the wrong time to you. Guys, we're almost done with this preview for tomorrow. I'm going to say that again. You're going to be given something weird to do when it seems like it's the wrong time to do. It's going to be like, this is the wrong time to do this. This is a horrible time to do this. Why would I want to do this now? This is crazy. When it's the wrong time, he says, throw that net out. And what did they do? The Bible says that they did it. So number nine, you're going to change your plan. We're not going to change the goal. We're going to change the plan. We're not going to change the goal. We're going to change the plan. For most of you, look at me. For most of you, here's what you do: you change the goal because the plan didn't work. I don't want to throw this phone case so hard through this phone. Why? Why? For most, here's what you do: you change the goal when all you needed to do was change the plan. These principles are so simple, guys. This is why I need you to share this stuff because these sim- even these simple things, these things are so profound. That's why you rock with me. That's why you're connected. That's why you're part of Harvest or part of our extended family. Why? because this stuff is blessing you and changing your life. I need you to share it so that it blesses and changes the lives of other people. We should always be growing in all of our digital reach. We should always be growing. That's why I have you to share. If it blesses you, be a blessing to somebody else and bless them with it too, right? You don't change the goal, change the plan. Jesus, I want somebody to put that in your Insta story. I want somebody to put that in your Twitter. Don't change the plan, change the goal, or excuse me, don't change the goal, change the plan. The goal was still to catch the fish. We just gonna change the plan on how we gonna catch them. For most of us, when the plan fails, we, we abandon the goal. So because you didn't lose 10 pounds one week, now all of a sudden you ain't gonna lose no weight. If you don't get your behind together, right? So now because you didn't find somebody to date, and you, and, and, and you felt like it already should have been, you know, you should have done that. So now you, you've to completely abandoned the goal because you didn't accomplish what you wanted to accomplish in business. Now you're gonna quit the business. Are you joking? You don't change the goal, you change the plan. Jesus said, change these plans. What did they do? They changed the plans. Bible says they catch so many fish, they couldn't haul in the net. And the 10th principle was you get a big win because of a better way. You get a big win because of a better way. And this was the part that made me shout on Wednesday. Bible says that they were only about 100 yards from the shore. Peter jumps off of the boat after they start catching fish because he literally, he got what he wanted. And when he got it, he was afraid of it. Father, we rebuke our fear of getting what we pray for. I pray that we be fully prepared and ready for what we pray for. Come on it on the screen. I'm ready, 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 I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I am ready, I'm 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 ready. All right, but here's verse nine, and this was the shout for me. They found breakfast waiting for them, some fish and bread. This is crazy because you went fishing. Jesus had already had fish prepared. He already had fish prepared for them, which means the wind was about finding a better way. He was teaching them how to find a better way because he didn't need them to catch any fish because he had everything they needed was waiting for them. And I want you to, we're going to end this preview with this. Everything I need is waiting for me. Type that and say that. Everything I prayed for is waiting for me. Everything I desire is waiting for me. In Jesus' name. Those are your three confessions tonight. These are your confessions. You ready? Everything I need is waiting for me. Everything I prayed for is waiting for me. Everything I desire is waiting for me. Literally, they found breakfast waiting. That verse makes me want to holler and run and jump and do jumping jacks. And then go drink a glass of water. All at the same time. Everything I need. Is waiting for me. Everything I prayed for. Is waiting for me. Everything I desire. Is waiting for me. Because the fish is what they were seeking. The bread represents their enemies. Because the scripture says. That their their enemies were their bread. That's from the book of Numbers. Which means. Listen. Listen. God prepared a table for them in the presence of their enemies, just like he promised he would. Everything I need is waiting for me. Listen, tonight, um, I want to encourage you tomorrow at 9.15 and 11.15, it's Mother's Day. Now listen, we salute every single mother. Can we salute the moms, um, the moms, the awesome moms? Let's salute salute. Let's salute. All of the awesome mothers, Um, we appreciate all of the awesome mothers and all of what all the great moms do. Listen, I recognize for some Mother's Day, just like any holiday, can be an emotional day for you. I want to encourage you, if it is, if you have any negative emotion associated with that day, take ownership of the day and don't let the day run you. I come against you being sad. I come against you being frustrated. I come against you being mad. I come against you feeling down. No, take ownership of the day and say, you know what? This is going to be an amazing day. You got to hear that. You cannot let a day dictate your emotions. Woo! All right, we're going to celebrate tomorrow morning, nine fifteen and eleven fifteen a.m. It'll be week two of our series. You can join us in Denver on campus or online. Tomorrow's messages, uh, listen, I'm going to leave a question mark for you. Um, They're going to be amazing, but I'm going to leave a question mark. Um, I'm going to leave a question mark for you um, because those messages are going to speak life into your life. I'm going to leave a cliffhanger because we're going to go further in our let's start better. To get to to better, you got to leave bitter, and you cannot miss the miracle because of a moment. All right, I'm just saying, be, they're going to be good. All right, 9.15, 11.15 a.m. in Denver. Or you can watch online. Um, that's 11.15 and one fifteen East Coast time. All right, that's going to be phenomenal. Um, last two things I want to do. If this blessed you, be a blessing to it. Um, always sow into what sows into you. It's a biblical principle. Always bless what blesses you. How do you do that? All you have to do is text the word. Um, you can use the cash app, dollar sign, Bishop Forman with the number two. Or you can use PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, All of that's available. The email for that is hello at harvestchurch.church. Or you can use the badges over here on Instagram. And TikTok has a way to sew too. I just don't fully understand how to use it. So somebody uh, put it in the chat, put in the comments how you use that. Last thing, if you're on here, you need to become a Christian or you want to recommit yourself to the Lord. Listen, on the count of three, do the of your emoji or say to me. You're not watching this by accident. One, two, three. Respond right now. You need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to the Lord. Just do that hand with the emoji or say it's me wherever you're at. I want to give you this moment to respond to the Lord. Five, I'm going to count you down. Four, respond before I get to zero. Three, respond before I get to zero. Two, respond before I get to zero. Two, before I get to zero. Five, I see you responding. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Everybody pray this with me. If you missed your moment, You still need to respond, but I need us to pray. Everybody pray this with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Come on, pray this with me. Say, give me the grace to now be a faithful Christian. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, everybody, listen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord, I need you to text the word decision to the phone number, 877-552-4746. 877-552-4746. When you do that, we'll shoot you a text right away to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. I'll see you guys in the morning, 9:15, 11:15. Make sure you post this in your story and share. Um, when you share, again, people get saved, all right? Again, I want you to stay connected. I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm considering doing something a little different with the message previews. Still gonna bring light, speak life into your life. Just um, gonna be doing some things a little different here shortly. So, all right, make sure you stay connected. How do you do that? Get our app, fix the word HARVEST to 877-552-4746. All right, love you guys. If this bus, you, go So, See you in the morning. Shalom, have a good night. Boom. Ooh, look at that, y'all. Let me show you over here on the gram. Can y'all see that? 1,005 views. What does that say? Diamonds? Well, I don't know what a diamond is. Maybe that's a like. 547 diamonds. 11 new followers just while I've been on that preview. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. To God be the glory. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I love you guys. Shalom. Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family. With more than 40 years of service to military families, Tricare Prime benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.